I didn't even come out of my room till a few days after that. Just stay there. I felt sick, like with the gawks, but I never gawked. My mother was telling me, come out, and she looked after me all right when I didn't. And Stacy brought me stuff too, cornflakes every now and again, like. And my mother came in and said, I'm getting you a new bed, come on. So I follies her out the door, and Connor's sitting in the car and he drives us away out the road to a big house out on its own, with a wall around it all the way. Still in the city, like, or thereabouts. And there are other houses near enough, like, but this one is the biggest. It's a mansion even, all right. He drives in the gate and all and parks there and I'm like, is this the house? Because I couldn't believe it would be this big. Kenny was after saying it was, but this was even better. Downstairs there was like four or five big rooms at least and a toilet too. Upstairs I was at to pick up my own room and I picked the one I could see Shandon out of. It was miles away like, but it's the tallest building in Ireland I'd say, so I wasn't surprised to see it there. One time me and Kenny got in the door around the side of Shandon and snuck away up the stairs. There's a church downstairs like, but upstairs, there's stairs and stairs all the way up. An old fella working there seen us go up, and he starts screaming and waving at us come down. But we was gone up around the corner, and up more steps before he could do nothing. Up at that level, just above, there was a load of ropes with numbers you could pull to play a song, and me and Killian played some shit, but he was hitting my hand all the time, because he said I wasn't pulling the right number rope. And then we starts pulling all the ropes and you'd hear the big bells in the tower way up above making the bing bong noises outside. Looking out the window there we were already far up I thought but Killian goes come on we go way up the top and he ran up the next stairs that was all stone all the way up and up and up. I'd say there was at least a thousand stairs. Up above we was inside the clocks and all that are halfway up the tower on the outside. Then you go up further and you're inside where you climb past the big bells. And we climbed in around all the bells and all, instead of going up to the top. And Killian goes, God, you're on it. And we jumped around the wood planks that were holding up the big bells, playing chasing. And it was a good laugh, till one of the bells bongs, and I nearly collapsed with the fright. Then there was another bong from another bell, and a few more bongs from the one right next to me, like. And Killian has shouted at me, come on, we go up the top. And I'm hanging onto the plank of wood, because the bell might ring again and blow me off it. But he's alright, because he's near the stairs. But I'm over the other side and can't get around the bells. Took me ages, but I got back to the stairs then, and up another thousand steps. I got out then to the walls, like the walls around the castle. And you could see everywhere in Cork, like for miles and miles. The whole place. You could walk all the way around the tower, four sides like, seeing everywhere, everywhere. I'd see my bedroom in Winchester and all if I was up there now. But I didn't know it then, like, because I never lived there at the time. Killian hikes a glugger then over the side, but the wind turned it, and it landed straight on my neck, and we're both knotted, laughing at the side of it, when two other fellas come around the corner, up in the tower. How's it going, Killian? Goes one of them, because he knew Killian, but didn't know me much. What brings you up here? He goes. Killian waits a while, checking what to do, but we were all the way around the tower, so there was nowhere to go to, except either through the two of them, or over the small wall behind us, that was the roof of where we come up into the tower, and we was around a hundred foot up in the sky already, so I wasn't going to be claiming no wall to escape. Joe was his name, who was talking to Killian, asking him questions, Joe Cotter, like, and his friend was Niall O'Shea. They lived around there, around Shandon Lake, and they were probably up there all the time, for all we know. Both of them was a few years older than Killian. I'm trying to think now, I'd say I was around seven or eight at that time, so they might have been around 15 each. I knew them all right, and I knew we was in trouble. 
They'd be alright sometimes, like in fairness, but other times they'd rob you too, like. You'd know when there's trouble, though. Just up to show my brother things, Killian goes, and none of the two of them even looks at me, but they go either side of my brother and locks onto him. Killian gets mad and starts shouting at him, leave him alone, but they starts lifting him up, and I'm screaming and roaring at him to stop, but they put Killian upside down and hangs him over the side, and I'm bawling my eyes out, screaming at him, stop. Next thing after ages, Niall looks round at me and goes to Joe. We better take him in, cause your man is having a canary. And I'm bawling like a real baby, and they bring Killian in. And they're all smiles together then, like friends or something. And Killian is laughing even at the thrill of it. And I'm like calming down, cause I was screaming so much before that. And Killian locks onto me then and goes, Do Mickey next! And I screams again and legs it around the corner, then down the line along the tower, and around the next corner. Then down the line, and when I'm getting over by the stairs to go down, Niall hops over the roof of the stairs in front of me, and I goes into a freeze. Like, how could he climb over the roof when we're hundreds of foot up so high? He was like an acrobat or something, I'm thinking. But I'm still in the shock. Next, who follows him over in front of me too? My brother Killian. And he's a mad smile in his face, and he's staring straight at me. And Joe Cotter is straight behind me, and I begs the lot of them not to do it, please. But they lifts me up and hangs me over the side by my ankles, and I shuts my eyes. And I don't even know if I screams or faints. But when they takes me back in, Killian holds my head to look at me, and he's bursting laughing and saying, that was some laugh, wasn't it? And I burst out laughing, and then two and goes, yeah. What a laugh it was. That's why I picked that room in Winchester. I was never up in Shandon no more after that. But it was a great laugh, being up there like. Killian stayed with us in Winchester for a bit and all when we moved in first. I was still out with him from the court, but we got friends again then, alright, for a bit. He pretended to be too posh though, even then. He had his own room and I had my own room. And Tara and Melanie had a room together, because they wasn't there much like. And Killian wasn't there much either in the end. But at least he was there more than them too. And my mam had her room, and Stacy had her room and all, mostly, when she wasn't living at home with Mrs O'Connor. And there was another room downstairs at the back, where Con stayed mostly and all, too, when my mother'd let him. And other times there'd be loads of people all over the house, from parties and shit. And sometimes there'd be a few lodgers, too. And people'd be calling always to do a bit of business, and pay extra sometimes to stay there a bit after. But my mam mostly wouldn't let no one stay, unless they were alright, because there'd be nothing but trouble. Because the place belonged to Con, no see. And the council said they wouldn't pay for no damage no more, see, if someone damaged anything. Cute bastards when you think of it too. And sometimes Stacy's new boyfriend would be living there till she got a new one. And there was Jordan Suan too, after she got born like of course. But that was later on. I was up in Dublin and back and all by then, I think. But by no, I wasn't. I was staying in Winchester because it was our new home and it was decent out. We all had beds and all and everything. I had a load of D10s off Moxie one day, about a week after we was living there, because I was supposed to deliver them, because Killian wasn't doing that no more, so I was, but I didn't do it yet, like, and that was the first time, supposed to be, and it was getting night time, so I said I'd do it in the morning. So, because Killian was wrong, then he wasn't even having any sweets, I brought him the bag into his room, and says, look what I got off Moxie, you want some? And he gets mad out straight away and throws a rabby. What are you doing with all that? He screams at me. Are you selling all at all? Like he never done. He can't be giving you all that. What do you mean by he goes to him? Sure I'm doing the same as what you done always. I have to bring him to the farmer and Blarney. And Killian is going apeshit. 
Who's Farmer and Blarney he goes to me? And I told him that's the fellow I need to bring him to like. I told him where I was supposed to bring them that night at eight o'clock. And he throws another rabby and goes, it's already gone eight o'clock. And I'm like, what's wrong with you at all? And he goes, that it's a trap. No way would Moxie be getting you to bring a big bag of D10s to that place open Blarney like that. At that hour anyway. I says, why not? He says, for one thing, after you get off the bus, you have to walk at least five miles till you get there. And for another thing even, why would Moxie get you to do it? He says, you like there's something wrong with me, like. How much wrong with that, I goes to him. Is there a smell off me or what? It's okay for him to be giving you jobs, but not me. Then he goes all quiet a while and has a big huff and goes, You know who Moxie's up against, don't you? The travellers, I tells him. Yeah, he says. And who sells for the travellers? And I list off all the fiends and the bures that we know. But he stops me again and goes, Yeah, but who do they get all their gear off of? Con, I goes. I know that, but... But he stops me again and goes, It's not Con at all no more, you know, even. It's our mother as who, you fool. And she'd kill you if she found you delivering for Moxie. And Moxie will kill you to get her back. And then he goes on and on, calling me all the names like I'm an idiot who knows nothing. Only him who knows it all. And on and on like a prick. And after a while he calms down anyway, and I could talk. It's not like that at all, I tells him. Moxie's A1. He says he's no bother with the travellers no more. Because the place is big enough for everyone to make a bundle. Including me too, he says and all. But Killian isn't even listening to me. He's mad out and takes all the tabs and tells me don't be going near Moxie no more. Then he runs off with a lot of it and I put on the telly downstairs and starts watching Top Gun because it was on telly and I liked that one and I needed to calm down for my nerves because Killian made me right mad and he runs off with all the tabs. And Moxie'd really kill me now, I was thinking, because I didn't have the bag no more. It's not my favourite movie though. I'd say Braveheart is my favourite one like, but we had it on video a few days before that and Melanie broke it in the sink when she washed it, because it was all dirty and she washes everything all the time, because she's a real clean freak, Melanie. Even though she'd be washing and cleaning everything all the time. And when I tried playing it in the video after that, it broke the video player and all with sparks and shit. And it was only when my man walks in and seen all the smoke, she got Killian to put out the wire and out the fire. But after he burnt his hand, he used the cushion. Well, it wasn't really a fire, but it was nearly. And she throws a rabby and all about that, and goes, she couldn't have nothing with a lot of us. And I goes, it's not Melanie's fault at all, she was only cleaning. And my mam then goes, she wasn't blaming Melanie, she was blaming me. Me, like. I don't know if there was any DVDs in them days, but we didn't have none anyway. It was ages till I seen Braveheart again, too and all. But that's why I was watching Top Gun and RTE, like. Next day, Con brought a load of posts from the old house, and dumped it all on the table in the kitchen and an empty pint glass fell off and smashed on the floor. There was so much post. Mostly it was brown and white ones, but I seen a bright orange envelope in the middle, and when I looked, it had my name on it and all. Like who'd be writing to me except the court? But even then it'd be to my mam more like. Just had my name on it, and her old address. I was just going to ask Stacy about it, when my mam walks in and goes, Come on, we have to visit Killian. He's in the hospital, she says. And I got a shock and drops the envelope and goes, What happened to him? And she says he got hopped and he has a broken leg. Go get your coat, she said to me and Con. She's going through looking at the post while she's talking. And she was opening the orange envelope and all when I ran out to get my coat. When I got back I didn't see that letter no more. She was picking up a load of the other letters and just crumpling them all up without opening them even and filling up the bin with them. A load of rubbish, the lot of it. What was that orange letter about, I goes to her. Go with my name on it. And she goes, you're up in court again in three weeks, you stupid shit. Get out that door now before I bait you. And we're laughing about that, getting into the car.
At the hospital, Brady was there with Killian before me and my mum got there. Con was parking the car. Stacy stayed at home to mind Melanie and Tara. When she seen us, Brady starts talking about my mother giving up and shit, saying she's supposed to be taking Killian and Tara already. But my mum laces into her and gives her some proper stink about who do she think she is and stuff. While they were fighting, I goes to Killian. Who done it? Was it Moxie? And Killian goes, yeah, but it's alright now, like. He had a fight with Barry, Moxie's man, like, who was around 40, I'd say, and Barry broke Killian's leg and gave him a cut under his eye and knocked out two of his teeth and his shoulder was all black and blue and probably broke his ribs too. But after that, Moxie told him, tell me, Mickey, like, stay away from him in future. And I won't be getting no more jobs off him neither, because I'm a snake who'd rather be working with travellers, Killian said. And I told him it's nothing to do with me. But he goes, Moxie's only mad at our mother, so it makes no difference. Then Con comes in, and my mother goes wrong to Killian, and Bridie shags off, and my mother goes, What were you up to? And Killian told her he got mugged, and my mother wouldn't believe him. She goes, No muggers break her leg. And they were fighting about it till Killian tells her Barry Murphy done it, because he thought he was someone else, and it was an accident, and he said sorry after. So it was all alright. But my mother goes, we'll see about that. And she looks at Con and he's smiling, but not really like. I'll get that fucker Barry, the bastard, he goes. He went to school with me and he was never any good, that bastard. And my mam has a look in her face too, thinking like. His dad done the same to her dad too, remember, years ago, she goes. But Con didn't remember. Yeah, she says. He robbed the car, Barney was his name. He got killed falling off a bridge later, years later. He robbed it because they were doing a job up in Tipperary and they needed a fast getaway car. And Dada was only an innocent bystander and saw him drive off and he knew him too. Then later on, didn't Barney Murphy spot him on the green and drove straight over him with the same car and broke two of his legs so he'd tell no one. Fucking bastard Barry, I goes. And Killing goes, was he still driving the same car and used it to knock down Grenda? They're all the same those Murphys, my mam goes. They're low-level scum who think they're in the Mafia. But was this before or after they'd done the job in Tipperary? Killian goes. But he was asking too much questions and the rest of us was mad out by then. Con and me especially. We have to get him back for what he done to our father or to my grandfather like Con's father and for what his son done to my brother. They're all the same them Murphys. And Killian then is begging the lot of us not to be doing nothing about it and he says he won't be doing nothing on it and he wants to leave us all and my mother needs to sign the papers to let him and Tara go like she promised but she's only on and on about Barry and how she's going to get him back for what he done. And Killian has given out and wouldn't even let us talk about Barry, so after a while we left him there and went home to make our plans. On the way though, Con stopped off in the pub, and we stayed there a few hours, and we couldn't really talk about it there, because there was too many around, and they ended up walking home because they got into a sing-song and everything. The most points the barman would give me was two anyway, and when he caught me having another one, I was thrown out. I got fed up by then anyway too, so I wouldn't be bothered. The next day around, I was outside and Stacy comes over and goes she'd give me a treat. And I was after forgetting about her flashes by then, so I got a shock and I followed her and all. And she brought me to McDonald's and walks over to where Tina O'Manny was sitting and says, Here's Mickey, no Tina. I told you he'd love to meet you after all these years. And I was scarlet and Tina was scarlet too, I knew it. I knew Tina from school years ago, like, when we was in the same class for a bit. And we used to live near where she used to live and we all used to play in the same gang on the road. But I never seen her for years and she was older now. But I still know her like. She had squinty eyes and big glasses then. But she was after an operation on her eye now. And it was all bandaged up to make it not squinty no more. And she had no glasses. Besides that she was alright. Bit of a lasher even in fact. And she was looking at me and smiling but scarlet too. 
I didn't know what to say. And Stacy goes, well, Mickey, are you going to say hello to Tina? I said, hello, Tina. Are you getting your squinty eyes straightened? And she goes, yeah. But Stacy says she's shy about it and talk about something else to me, like. So I goes, do you want chicken nuggets? And Tina goes, yeah. So I didn't have any money, so I told Stacy, and she gave me a fiver, and I waved it at Tina, and she laughs. I got chicken nuggets and chips and a coke, and told your one behind the counter, keep the change and all. And I gave most of the stuff to Tina, and she ate it, and drunk it too, and that was the start. We was going out together then. I won't go on and on about all that, because it's sloppy shit mostly. But Tina and me was in proper love for ages, a load of weeks I'd say. She was staying with another family called the Murviews. There was around ten of them, and around five of them, including Tina, was fostered, and they were alright mostly, and they left me visit there too mostly, if we wasn't at Winchester. But I had to leave by nine o'clock, but I stayed most nights till around ten at least, I'd say. They was from England originally, Glasgow, Tina goes. Took me ages to understand the dad, he spoke mad like, didn't think he even said English words for ages till he was talking to Tina one time, and she was talking to him too, and I knew she knew what he was on about, and when he went away I was like, how oh, do you know what he's saying? And she was laughing at me, honey. Anyway, after a while, I could understand him too, like mostly, just by listening. That's how I learned to speak Scottish and all, I'd say. His name was Sean, and he was from Cork originally, and all, imagine, he goes. But his mother went to Glasgow when he was a baby, and he always wanted to move back to Cork since then. And now he was back there with his big family, and he had another wife in Glasgow who had seven more children. But Karen, who he come to Cork with, was his favourite wife, and their family together was his favourite family, and they didn't see the other family no more hardly. Except one time he went to visit his oldest son who was in prison, but he's out now, and his other son died in the army in Iraq, or some place years ago. He absconded after his son died, he goes. <laughs> I thought that was funny when he said it. Absconded. The way he said it was funny. It's a funny word. Well, he laughed, so it must have been. I walked home mostly at night time after the Murviews house. It took me around two hours like and I had to walk and all through tongue all the way. But I didn't care like because Tina was alright and we done nearly no drugs most of the time or nothing. She didn't like to be doing them and I was fed up with them anyway and all. One time I tell you this funny one what happened to me one time when I was on my way home walking through town. I met Con just out of the blue like staggering out of a pub and I pass him. He was Langer's. I seen him loads around then of course because we lived in the same house mostly and he starts talking like I was with him all night as if we were both on the batter together all the time. He goes, we need your job. And I didn't even know if he knew who I was because he was fairly legless. So I goes, hi Con, it's me. And he goes, we need your job. Come on, follow me, I'll show you. And I followed him but he didn't say much and he stopped for a slash twice and he asked me for a fag and I didn't have none. And I tried asking him where we was going, but we turned the corner and he went into a shop that was still opened. A sweet shop like, mostly. Sold fags too. And I stayed outside because I knew. And I saw him inside talk to the Indian fella behind the counter. And I didn't hear it, but the fella grabbed the bat and Con hopped straight on top of all the sweets, but didn't make it over. And he grabbed the bat and twirled it while he was grabbing it off your man. And it hit him on the head and he went down and Con still up on top of all the stuff in the counter. He couldn't get off because his foot was stuck between the end of the sweet shelf and the till and he fell off on the outside but his foot was still stuck in the air and there was others in the shop and they all run out and I was thinking what to do and all suddenly there was sirens and lights everywhere and I legged it too fast as I could. That was some funny shit. And I seen Con a couple of days later and he only looks at me like he was going to ask me something but he never said nothing about it and I didn't either because he'd be only giving out to me for leaving him there like.